Welcome to the Tutor Podcast, the only weekly show for anyone who is in the business of helping people. If you're a tutor, a teacher, or a coach, the Tutor Podcast will help you start, grow, and love your tutoring business in plain English without the buzzwords and BS. If you want to make more money and make more of a difference, the Tutor Podcast will be with you every step of the way. Hi, it's Neil here with episode 51 of the Tutor Podcast, your Monday morning shot of uncommon sense for people in the business of helping others through tutoring, teaching and coaching. Now, today we're going to be talking about how your appearance is judged, whether rightly or wrongly. When we meet clients and students, and especially for the first time, Now, I know we all hear it from the minute we're born until pretty much when you die, that physical beauty doesn't matter, it's what's inside that counts. Well, as the old joke goes, you only ever hear that from ugly people. And whether it's right or wrong, we will be judged. Largely on our appearance. In the first four seconds of any encounter, people make snap judgments about us. So we'd better be on the money. We'd better be turned out as well as we can to make the best of whatever we are so that we can present ourselves in a more authoritative and salesworthy way to maximise our earning ability. Not only that, by presenting ourselves properly, we can increase our credibility with students and clients. Obviously, if we're more credible... We are perceived as a greater authority. We can command higher prices and our students will do better working with us. So with all that stuff in mind, let's get cracking. So here are the main points. Physical beauty, why it matters. How to work on maximising your appearance and a few examples of that. Special observations about first impressions. Then we're going to take a look at special points for women. And special points for men. We'll be talking about body weight, facial hair, grooming, dressing provocatively or otherwise, personal hygiene and posture. Now, a lot of this is compiled from reading on human behavior and sales. So there's a lot of psychology and a lot of other people's research back of this. But this is my take. It's a compilation down so that it's something you can get on and use today. Okay, so my first point, uh, so loop back now, are that whether we like it or not, however unjust it may be, your physical appearance matters. It matters hugely to your business. Now, personally, I don't think it's true that we're not going to be judged. I don't think it's fair that we will be judged. But since we can't control the mechanism, we can influence how we're perceived. So we're always looking to increase, effectively, it's our attractiveness, isn't it, towards our our students, our clients, so that we are a more um, attractive product or service provider in the marketplace. You don't have to look very far within the psychological research and within behavioral science to know that attractive people receive higher grades in tests from members of the opposite sex it's it's primal people are attracted to and favorably disposed to judge people who are well turned out 
of good appearance and attractive. In fact, in some encounters, being unattractive will pretty much kill any sale or any prospect of working with someone. Now, across the whole of the business environment, attractive people tend to do much better than unattractive people. It's a simple fact of life. So we better deal with it, acknowledge that it exists, and work hard on maximising our appeal to customers to improve our appearance and position ourselves correctly as professionals in our field worthy of receiving higher rewards. And a lot of that will come down to the first impression. The first impression someone has of you is so important. It's very difficult for me to overstress this point. The, the context uh, or the frame as NLP would have it in which someone meets you or I for the first time will massively colour the way they look at us from that moment on. So whatever you're doing, wherever you are, make sure you're well turned out. If you're a complete scruff bag when someone meets you for the first time, the chances are they're not going to be interested in working with you. If you're well turned out, smart, professional, credible, then that will keep the channel open. So the idea that gets into our client or our prospective client or student's mind first will always have primacy over what comes after it. Whatever gets in there first trumps the later stuff. Over time, it's possible to erode that first impression and overwrite it. But it takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of effort, a lot of repetitive exposure to us with our new clothes or our new outfit or our new look, our new way of being with that person. First impressions are deep and they last. So you better be managing that at all times. This is one of the reasons I've thrown away or taken to the charity shop a great deal of what I used to wear. For instance, I will more or less only wear striped shirts or purple shirts now, depending on which of my businesses I'm operating in. In property, I'm stripy shirts. In guitar teaching, I'm purple shirts now. I've changed over very recently, and the, the change in dynamic and energy and the response from people I'm meeting for the first time is that they really like these dark purple shirts, always with nice, clean well-fitting jeans and proper shoes. So no trainers, no joggies, no baggy t-shirts, no crazy hats. I'm pretty much always the same person when they meet me for the first time as I am from that day onwards. Now that consistency positions me as an authority and a trusted source of information. And from day one, they know what they're getting with me. And I think if we adopt something akin to a uniform for ourselves or a dress code for ourselves, it really works. So I did say I talked about special points for women. And strangely, given that I'm a bloke, a lot of this comes down to bus, bus size, boobs, if you like. It's a weird thing, but the size of a woman's bust is a real big influence on the way she's perceived. So... Be aware of this if you need to maximise or minimise or just moderate the size of what you have in front of you, ladies. 
then it's worth giving a little bit of thought to the research. Women with medium-sized busts are considered likeable and have greater personal appeal than women with very large or very small busts. So if you're in the middle of average, then knock yourself out. It probably doesn't get much better for you. But at the extremes, things get a little bit strange. Ladies with small busts are often perceived as more intelligent, competent and moral than ladies with average size busts. Whereas women with very large busts are generally perceived as less intelligent and less competent than those with average size and smaller bust sizes. So if you're blessed with a large bust, you might want to think about dressing to minimize the the perceived size of your bust. And if you're happy with a smaller bust and content to be perceived as intelligent, competent, moral, which you probably would want to be, then you're probably fine. So generally speaking, I think probably airing towards the size of minimizing your bust at all time would be a good thing. I don't even think there's any kind of parallel with the male word here. Let's hope not. So body weight. Ladies, girls, body weight matters. You would think with the amount of obesity and weight issues that people have at the moment, we would be a little bit more forgiving of people who have uh, weight problems, shall we say. This incidentally cuts across both sexes. If you are very big, very large, obese, then you'll probably be considered slothful, lazy. The general perception is that if you if you are overweight, you have some kind of personality issue. And this will usually put you at some kind of a disadvantage in social and business settings because people will prejudge your personality based on your appearance. So bear that in mind. Generally speaking, keep your body weight down. I personally have a limit above which I won't let my own body weight go. If you're interested, that's 200 pounds, about 14 stone. I'm 5'10", quite muscular. So I don't look like I'm a, a major bloater, shall we say. Now, you haven't got to be stick thin, but having the right kind of height and weight ratio does tend to work for you. So... That's a big part of what I'm talking about here is just keep on top of things. It does make you more attractive to customers, whether we like it or not, however shallow that might be. That's what the research points to. So let's move on to what should you wear? Let's start with the ladies again. The The research across the board suggests that dressing suggestively, a lot of this comes from the sales literature, is a bad thing. You'll spend more time in front of prospects, but you'll make fewer sales is what the the bottom line of the sales literature and, the, and my research suggests here. Uh, often thought to send out the wrong message in business transactions. If you wear a lot of jewellery, that's generally considered to be a negative. If your wedding ring is large, uh, take it off and just put it somewhere else. Put on a you know, little wedding band instead of a big engagement ring because large wedding rings are widely thought to reduce sales so again i'm pulling from the sales literature here we are in the sales business as tutors it's not just about knowing our technical stuff we have to be able to sell our services uh, if you have long fingernails more than about half an inch longer than your finger that will count against you 
long fingernails are negatively associated for both men and women. So whoever's looking at your hands, if you've got big long nails, it will generally be a detractor from your appeal. Now, if you're wearing makeup, go easy on it. You know, that sort of pancake mask makeup will cost you because it's generally thought to be a mechanism of deception. The more natural you appear, the greater your appeal will be to your client bases. So let's have a go at the men. The girls have had all the fun so far. Blokes, fellas, here we go. Facial hair. Across all of the sales literature I've been able to locate, facial hair is a negative in a sales environment. It might look cool. You might think you look pretty dapper with it, but it's probably costing you money. In fact, in one ranking of 100 top sales professionals in the US, nobody had a beard. And that goes for mustaches too. Some people can get away with it, but as a general rule, again, facial hair will blow your sales out. Now, I'm a guitar teacher, so this one's very contentious for me. I have very short hair. So it's a crew cut for me. It's dead easy to manage. I always look the same. It looks clean. It looks tidy. When I had long hair, it was a nightmare. And long hair is actually what I'm talking about now. Because if the hair on your head hangs beyond the back of your neck, it will impact negatively on your cells based on all the research I've been able to scare up. It might look good, but it'll probably cause you not to be taken seriously. It depositions you and you will lose credibility. Business wear, fellas, dress smart. A proper shirt with a collar will always position you more authoritatively. I can't even say that word. More authoritatively than a T-shirt with a band name on, for instance, or a product name if you've got a Marshall Amps T-shirt, as most guitarists seem to have. Don't go over the top if you're just teaching. If it's a business suit that you're going to wear, if you're very high-end, then make sure it fits properly. Usually wear it with the jacket buttoned. It looks smarter. That's how the suit's supposed to be worn. Now, don't wear shorts, guys. I mean, really? It's not even a good idea. Wear proper long trousers that go to your shoes. You know the right height. Shouldn't drag on the ground. They shouldn't be half-mast above your socks. Remember, as far as your appearance goes, anything unusual will cost you sales. So I'm thinking things like tattoos, piercings, that sort of stuff, very likely to have a negative impact on your your sales ability. And that means your ability to grow your teaching business and make good money for yourself. So general points, and I, I think I'd actually point this more to, at the guys than the girls, because girls just seem to be way more switched on than fellas on this one. Ear and nose hair. That will just disgust some people. So if you start to sprout hair in funny places, like on tops of your ears or out your nose, keep it short. Get rid of it. Cut it out. It sounds so obvious, but do you think about that really? Likewise, your teeth. Teeth should be nice and clean, preferably flossed and brushed before you meet the client. I personally like spicy food, so I've always got mouthwash because I don't want to be breathing curry vapours all over everyone, just because I've had that for lunch. So keep your breath nice and clean. If you get a break partway through a long day of teaching, go and brush your teeth. It'll, it'll actually, if we weight control, because if you brush your teeth, there's a little quirk 
that it will make you slightly less hungry. This is based on my own experience. So shoes, make sure your shoes are shiny and looking new. Again, no trainers. Uh, jewelry, don't wear much. Guys, if you if you must wear jewelry, you know, a wedding ring if you wear one and a watch. And that's pretty much it. No jangly bracelets, no fancy necklaces. Just keep it simple. Much the same goes for women. Nothing more than, say, a watch, a wedding band, a small necklace and small earrings. Earrings for men, by the way, are always out. They will almost always cost you sales. Now, this one is so obvious I'm almost embarrassed to include it, but I'm going to shower every day. Just get in the shower. First thing, prepare yourself for the day. You never know who you're going to bump into. It could be a new client, a prospect, a friend of one of your students who's aware of you. You never get a second chance to create an impression. So shower every single morning, sort your hair out, have a shave, guys, keep all that facial hair off and dress neatly before you even leave the house. Make sure your fingernails are lovely and clean and well kept. Men and women don't like dirty fingernails. So as a professional, we should always have clean, nice looking hands. Um, as I said, I am a guitar teacher. A lot of people's attention will go onto my hands. If my hands look like they've been hit with a hammer or they're covered in paint from working on one of my properties or they're dirty and scuffed, it just undermines me. Uh, glasses. If you wear glasses, both men and women wear small glasses. The, the perception of people with glasses is that they are a little bit less trustworthy, a little bit less honest than people who wear no glasses at all. So let's just close up the last few points now. Your perception in the eyes of your clients matters. Manage your appearance, manage your weight, manage the way you move and the way you sit. Yes, posture is a big part of this. If you slump in your chair when you're sitting with a client or a prospect, it just depositions you guys. Sit with your back straight and don't flap your arms around too much unless you are deliberately going out to create the impression of you being very, very flamboyant. Flappy arms tend to undermine us. So make the most of what you have. Make sure that you smell good. You're clean. Don't douse yourself in cologne and perfume, but be very, very clean. And finally, use your body language. Keep your hands away from your face and your hair. You simply let your hands rest in front of you. You're portraying a sense of calm, sense of confidence. It's a much better position than if you're flipping away at your hair and scratching at your face. So, body language matters a big, big amount. But men, keep your hands separate from one another. And if you begin to fidget, then just place your hands flat on your thighs. This is just above your knees, not in your groin, fellas. What you do with your hands will tend to create the impression that you're either comfortable when your hands are still, or that you're uncomfortable when you're flapping them around all over the place. Small gestures can emphasize what you're saying. But if you're fiddling, your fingers are dancing, twitching together, thumbs swirling around one another, you'll just look uncomfortable. And finally, your feet. General rule here is keep your feet on the floor. 
Keeping both feet on the floor helps you maintain balance and good posture. And as I said, people with good posture are perceived as more authoritative. If you constantly cross and uncross your legs, the research says that you'll be perceived as being less credible. And finally, if you must cross your legs, you don't bring your foot up almost to your knee and flip it in front of your customer because you'll just look like a complete nervous wreck. There's an awful lot going on there about your appearance. If you pause, look in the mirror, ask yourself, does this person look like a credible expert in the field? And if you don't, go and change something. Then look again in the mirror. Ask yourself, does the person in the mirror look like a credible expert in the field? If they don't still look like that, you must go change. Keep repeating that cycle until what looks out from the mirror is someone with the appearance of being an expert, a trusted source of information in the field to which your students and clients wish to enter. You do that, I can guarantee you, your business will improve. I trialled this with different coloured shirts and immediately was able to put 13% on my prices for new students. Nobody batted an eyelid at the higher price and that's just money for nothing. And I believe that's entirely down to the way I felt about me by being more smartly turned out and the perception of me wearing the different clothes, in this case the purple shirts, rather than the grey t-shirts I wore worn habitually up until that point. So that's my 10 cents worth about looking good at the ugly truth. Let me know what caught your ear and experiment. See how you get on putting the ideas to work in your business. Send your feedback and your comments and questions to me. The email address is info at neilcanwedow.com. I'll see you next week in the next episode when I'll be sorting through even more of the multiple myths, mysteries and misunderstandings that we all face, separating the fact from the fiction, distilling it down to the bare bones so you'll learn exactly what to do to start, grow and love your tutoring business. Join me, Neil Camero, for the next fun-packed episode of the Tutor Podcast. Have a fabulous day. Get in touch with the Tutor Podcast via email or social media and the Tutor Podcast team will be listening. Subscribe on iTunes and you'll automatically get the latest episode directly sent to your device. And remember to share, rate and review TTP so that we can help other people to start, grow and love their tutoring businesses.